0: morning and good afternoon depending on wherever you're at the time of this recording this is episode 47 of the restricted zone podcast and i'm with my fellow co-host my usual co-host Kyrie. introduce yourself man yo
1: yo what's going on fellas
0: and also today for this episode we have a special guest on one of my favorite podcasts from straight to the point a fellow co-host jared introduce yourself man
2: yo what's going on Let's go I'm straight so, to the point. I'm
0: so straight to the point indeed. I'm so glad you're here. I can't wait. And guys, this is going to be an NBA draft special, a two-part special. We're going to discuss the Western Conference and the teams. We're going to grade it and give our, our our individual analysis on the players that were drafted, respectively. And then the next episode, we will talk about the Eastern Conference, their players grade them, and our analysis individually. So now we're going to start off with the Utah Jazz. The Western Conference, we're going by division by division. The Northwest Division, the Utah Jazz, they only made one pick in the second round. They drafted Jared Butler from the University of Baylor. I mean, Jared, I want to start with you. So what's your thoughts on the Utah's pick in the second round? How do you think Jared can integrate himself into the Utah Jazz rotation?
2: I like the pick, actually. I mean, like, Butler, Butler fell a lot because of his heart condition, and even though he was cleared by the NBA, a lot of teams are still shy, or shying away from taking him because of the fact that anything could happen with uh, training camp, workouts, and playing games. So you don't know how long he's going to last in the league. But this is a guy that's a proven three-point shooter. He has ball-handling abilities. He's a smart player, and he can he can hold his own on defense. I'm like, man, this is a gun body that can fit in with this Utah Jazz free-flowing offense, especially he can play on-ball and off-ball. And uh, it depends on if Mike Conley departs. They're going to need somebody that can be able to like take over some ball-handling capabilities with how they go into free agency.
0: Right. Actually a little bit update on Mike Conley too. I think they, they just locked him up for a three year seventy four million dollar contract between seventy four and seventy eight million, I'm not sure exactly, but they basically locked him up for that one. So most likely it'll be huge. 20- That's huge for them then. That's absolutely huge. So a backup he can take his time settling himself in. So Kyrie, just what's your thoughts on uh the Utah Jazz selection in the second round?
1: Well, you know from throughout the season, uh Colin, I always love Jared Butler. Um right. he's a proven like uh like Jersey's he's a proven leader. He's a young but mature point guard with good playmaking play ability and toughness on both ends, and he's good at getting to the basket. I think he's going to be a good, like, little understudy. Understudy under Mike Conley, though, they have a little. Sim- they have some similarities into their games, and I think he's going to even be like a good part of their bench, coming off with, uh, coming up with Jordan Clarkson. He doesn't have to score as much, so he could focus on, uh, defense, uh, breaking down the, de- uh, breaking down the defenses, getting other guys involved, and let Jordan Clarkson still get his buckets. So I, I'm really, I'm in love with the pick. He's another guy that they could they can bring up, uh, like I said, behind Mike Conley, And he'll be probably be Donald Mitchell's future back, uh, backcourt mate sometime, uh, sometime down the line.
0: Absolutely. And Jared, let me swing it back to you. So if you was to grade this selection by the Utah Jazz, what grade would you give it? Be honest.
2: I give it an A-. Because not only because they got him, they got him at what? The number 40 pick and they the were 13, able to team second rounders as well. Cause they traded the 30 for to the Grizzlies for the number 40 and got him and two more second rounders. That's a, that's a solid draft potential where you can, Hey, you got him in the second round where I thought he was going to be at least late first. And then we got two more second rounders to go with him.
0: That's a, that's a good draft. I'm surprised he slid a lot of plays slid in this draft, honestly. Like, yeah. Damn. And I'm
2: like, that's a surprise. Him sliding was a little bit surprising to me, especially all the way to 40 where I'm like, man, the jazz, they was like, we're going to get the best available. And I think, I think he's best available. Like, there's a lot of sleepers in this draft, but he's a huge sleeper. I think he's gonna be an immediate impact for the team this season.
0: Right, listen, I don't disagree with you right there. I mean, Kyrie, let me swing it to you. What grade are you giving the Utah Jazz? You got an A minus from Jay? What are you looking I'm, at? I'm
1: gonna just go with a straight up A. I, I love the pick for that. It, it was a good it was a good it's good for now and it's good setting them up for their future.
0: Absolutely. And you know, I'm gonna give this pick an A too. Cause I mean, you get a guy like that at 40 the second round, too. I mean, hey. I think Utah Jazz is prepping themselves up for another run trying to make that number one. Well, they, probably, they might not make that. What do you guys think about Utah Jazz in the next season? What do you think? You guys got them in the top five in the Western Conference? Yeah. Mm, top five. Yeah, what, healthy team, top
2: healthy? five. I think they'll be top five. Now, Mike Conley's finally healthy again. He played the last couple games in the playoffs, got this offseason arrest. Colley, uh, Don Mitchell had his offseason. They're going to be healthy. And that's a healthy team is easily a top five team.
0: Okay. All right. All right. Top five, Kyrie. Similar thoughts too. A little bit different.
1: Yeah, for sure. Top five, top four. I like what I've seen from them this season. I think they're going to carry that momentum into next season. Um, despite the disappointed playoff uh outage by the Clippers, I still think they're going to come in with that hungry mindset and that same uh that same tenacity on both ends of the floor that that made them the, one of the top teams in the West this season. All right,
0: I'm not disagreeing with either one. So we switch up to the next team in the Northwestern Division, the Denver Nuggets. Now, I was just talking to Jared about this a little bit before we started recording. I felt like I like the pick. I like Nashawn Highland. I do. I like him. He's an aggressive scorer. He's someone that he comes off the bench for Jamal Murray, you know, gives him some rest. He get he could get his buckets. Not that great of a passer. His passing instincts aren't really that high for me. But, of course, that's something he could develop. I thought Io was the better fit for the Nuggets as a backup guard. You guys could, you know, talk to me about that. But I'ma swing it to
1: Kyrie. So, what's your thoughts about the Denver Nuggets selecting Nation Highland. So you, you remember from last episode, I had Bones being um, one of my sleepers of this draft, and, th- and he fell right into the range where, uh, where I expected him to. At least, I like him landing with Denver, a good developmental organization that seemed like they've shown this the turn like scoring guards like Jamal Murray. It's a little bit to a, a little bit more complete players like on the defensive end as playmakers. So I think he's young, he's impressionable. Going into an a organization like this where he's going to have time to learn and grow under guys like Jokic, um, Jamal Murray, Will Barton, if he stays, like like a, a bunch of vets, I think it's going to be really good for him as far as sharpening his tools and becoming a little more disciplined uh, with the ball, uh, uh, keeping his turnovers down, hitting the, uh, hitting the three at a more consistent rate. I think it was a good pickup by them.
0: All right, okay. I like that analysis. I mean, Jerry, what's your thoughts on Nishan Highland being the Nuggets selection? I mean, he's
2: not wrong. Everything Curry just said, i I absolutely agree with this. Is a kid that's coming in with a I, I'm gonna say a polished floater ability, step backs that you've already seen. It's not he's gonna be behind the scenes a little bit because they still got Capazo like oh stepped up completely for me for the Nuggets. But this is a kid that can shoot the ball. Like he, he's a really good shooter, and you're play, you're coming in playing for the Nuggets where Jokic will find you. And I don't know where he's going to fit in right away when it comes to when the season starts, but middle of the season where he's kind of developed, Jokic finds you, Oh, it's, it's going to be perfect to see
0: him just hitting down shots. And I think he fits the system completely. Kyle,
1: you, you, uh, you go out
0: on us, bro? Yeah, my internet share a little bit of technical difficulties on my part. You, can just, you just go ahead and finish the last part, Jerry.
2: Oh, no, that was it. I mean, I, again, if we just was to give this a great – I think this will be my A grade for the Nuggets because again, this is like a lot of teams in the draft just didn't have as many picks as you would want to see, but this was a perfect pick for them.
0: Absolutely, A A in your opinion. I would give it a B because, like I said, I thought Ayo was a better fit, but Kyrie, what grade would you give the Nuggets selection?
1: Uh, I give it a B plus, and it's only because uh, Jared mentioned one of them, one of their backup point guards, uh, Faku Capazo. I'm also thinking about Mati Boris too, who's more at this point, he's more of a defender and a playmaker than a scorer like Bones is. But, uh, I think it's just going to be hard for him to crack the rotation starting off during the season, and i don't think I don't see him playing much of the of the two this year he, he can six three with a six nine wingspan he'll definitely be able to hold his own sometime down the line, but I think he's going to have to get a little more physical and like i said be a little more get a little more disciplined for him to start seeing consistent burn uh in denver so I, i'll give i'll give it a b plus
0: all right absolutely I got no problem with, with either of those so now we switch to the next team in the Northwestern division the portland trailblazers so it going through a lot of rumors with damian lillard whether he wants to stay or leave you know so far looking like he wants to stay before we dive into the prospects what's your thoughts on damian lillard's situation do you think it's time for him to go you think he should stay loyal what's your thoughts on that jerry
2: you know you know i'm a Sixers fan, so it's time for him to go the sixes <laughs> <gonna hit> <laughs> <question> <laughs>
0: like
2: that. that's, that's my biasness of it but like unbiased I still think he should go, but I think he should go wherever like he want, like whoever team he thinks is going to give him the best chance of winning the chip. Nice. Again, I think that's the Sixers with Embiid, but there's other teams that like I was watching in the draft. They're talking about the Warriors could potentially put a humongous package together of young players and more draft picks to get him. I'm like that—that's your best chance of winning two playing with Stephen Clay. So I, again, it's really how how loyal does he want to be? Because he had this little, little Twitter thing with Henry Abbott, the guy that originally tweeted that in the coming days we asked for a trade saying I've never asked for that then it came out that he was going to give back money to the organization he's like I'm not about to give back any of my money he's like that's not what I'm doing so it's been so much going on where I'm just like the Chauncey Billups thing where he was getting slandered for defending Chauncey not really known about Chauncey's case like it's so much where are you you really fully intended to go into the season knowing the Lakers just got better I can see the Jazz are going to be fully healthy the Nuggets will be fully healthy and getting better Oh, um, so, the, you the play, so you play Warriors will be fully healthy. I don't mean, know if this Portland team is going to be in, a, in an area where you could say, Hey, are we top six?
0: Yeah, you said so. So you're one of the people who thinks the Lakers improve with the Russell Westbrook trade. I don't even know. See,
2: again, I don't even know if you can say it's approving because, well, Bron and AD are a first-seat Western Conference team when they didn't even have Russ. When they're fully healthy, they're a first-team Western Conference team. Oh, so, all and right. then remember when they got hurt, that's when they started falling because they were it was, it's hard to win games. No offense to my guy Kuzma, but it's hard to win games with Kuzma's your number one scorer because he's he's inconsistent right now in his game. Okay. So all if right. LeBron and AD stay healthy, is, is even with whoever they get in this free agency with Russ, is are they still potentially a worse team than the Portland Trailers who look like they're going to have the same team? I don't I don't know if I can. I think I'm still putting the Lakers in the edge. And that just continues to bump Portland back down because the Mavs are going to get better. Still got Luka. The Suns, I think, are still going to be a relevant team. The Nuggets, they're showing that they can do it. <laughs> like, uh, Jokic is showing that he can. they'll lose games in the playoffs, but he can carry a team by himself and win MVP, et cetera. So I don't, I don't know. I think Dane's best shot is probably to leave now while he's still in his prime his career to win a championship.
0: All right. Now, Kyrie, I, so do you co-sign with Jerry's sentiment
1: before we dive into their prospects? Do you feel that's the case? I mean, I'm going to keep it short. The bias next fan in me wants Dame to leave too, but I don't think he's going to. I think he's, he's going to stay in Portland. I think he's dead set stay and staying there and trying to bring home that team and chip. Whether it's going to work out for him or not, I doubt it, but that remains to be seen. But I, just me, like what I think right now, what he's giving me right now, I think he's going to stay. All right. Okay. Now we dive into the
0: prospect. They drafted Greg Brown in the second round. Now, Greg Brown didn't have a great two season at Texas, and that's the reason why he slid. I didn't think he would slide to the second round. I thought he'd get picked up between the 25 and 30 picks. I mean, so Kyrie, just what's your thoughts on Greg Brown getting drafted by the Portland Trailblazers,
1: and what do you see his future like with the organization? Well, we talked about Greg Brown a little bit last episode, too. You had him as one of your sleepers. And I'll, I'll say it again. Athletically, one of the like most gifted players we have in this class. But mm. his feel for the game and his IQ is yet to catch up for, with what he could do like above the rim and out in the open floor. Um, i have pretty much seen him coming, like going down this low. So I'm not surprised at it. I'm just surprised Portland went and picked him up. Like given the log jam they have at the four and five area, and even the three on their wings. I feel like they just have a lot of players, like just have a lot of players, like Nas, Little, Rocco, um, Zach Collins coming back from injury. You still have Harry Giles. Don't know what they're going to do with Melo this year. So it, he's he's probably not going to get any any type of action this season. He's but rightfully so because he's he's still a project. So I wouldn't like I wouldn't put it by like them putting him in the G League for for most of the season and just letting him sharpen his tools and and get his game together playing against NBA caliber players. So. I, it wasn't the smartest. It wasn't the smartest pick in my. Uh, I guess in my opinion, I feel like they should have went with somebody a little more established. Mm. But if, for me, I, I'm not too sure about it. Especially for Greg Brown, I'm gonna have to go with like I'm gonna have to go with like a C for this. A C, Jerry, a C.
0: So, what's your thoughts on Greg Brown in the Portland Trailblazers, and what do you see his future with the team going forward?
2: I think – I don't know. I, I give it a C as well to so agree with Curry. It's a C. I mean, again, he's freakishly athletic. Love that. You, you, you like athletic forwards, but I, I, I guess it's the allure of his height maybe that's why they really chose him because when you look at his game, if it wasn't for him being six eight, he he's literally a Derrick Jones Jr. at the moment.
1: Derrick Jones – I, I thought the same exact thing when they selected him.
2: Well, like, yes, literally because you they, just, they got just got a copy of Derrick Jones Jr. And I don't know. Now are they considering trading Derrick Jones Jr.? Because, I mean, this guy, Greg Brown, then is not Sir Little going to get moved. Do you not keep him covered? Because when you bring him in, he's been an athletic forward. He, he needs to work on his development jump shot. He has defense, a, a, a lob threat, but Derrick Jones Jr. is a lob threat. Work needs to work on his defense, but he can shoot the ball as well. That's what he was kind of coming in to do. Like, this is a guy like literally the same thing. The only difference is, and this is like the major difference, I guess, for them, was the three inches. Derrick Jones Jr. is 6'5". This kid's 6'8", 6'9", with sneakers on. Like, I guess that's like – that's, but I think that's like pulling at strings. Like, it's apples and oranges. Like, that's not – it's not that big of a difference for me. So, I was like, it's a C grade. Like, I I think they could have found a different talent at 43.
0: Wow. Derrick Jones, that comparison was just so – I don't want to say super accurate, but accurate. Like, wow, they're not – that's not a comparison I thought about. But now you, when you broke it down like that, it makes sense. I mean, Derrick Jones carved himself out a, a serviceable NBA career. Wouldn't you guys say so or no?
1: I mean, yeah, he's a good army knife role player type player type right. of guy. You, you seen him there with the heat playing. It, it, it actually baffled me that he was able to play to four and, and, and succeed as in some stretches during his career. But yeah, he, he's not a guy that's going to come in and get through a, a whole bunch of buckets. He's not a guy that's going to defend at a super high level, but he's going to remain active in, 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 I guess, like second chance opportunities. And as a rim runner and in transition, he's going to be somebody that's exciting for you and somebody going to bring a different level of athleticism and 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 explosiveness that uh, a bench unit may need in this league.
0: All right, that's fair, and I'm not disagreeing with you. So, I mean, so you guys give it a C. You guys aren't too crazy about the pick, but he could be a serviceable player in the future. So we move on to the next team in the Northwestern Division. The Minnesota Temples didn't have any picks, so we're going to go to the OKC. I love the sixth pick in the draft, Kyrie knew how much I love Josh Giddy. I feel like the potential for him is listen to me, and then with Shea Gillis Alexander, too, I think it's just nice. I, I could go on and on about the pick, but I want to swing to Jared. What shit thoughts about OKC picking them at the sixth pick? We're also going to talk about the other draft selections, but let's focus on Josh Giddy first.
2: Oh, I like it a lot. You, I think you pair him nicely in a big backcourt with Shai Gilgeous alexander He's an Australian playmaker. He's a lead ball handler, so now he can kind of let Shai go back to being like a, a two-guard, essentially. Right. And he can create his own shot. He can orchestrate the offense. I'm like, this was a very good pick in my opinion. Like, I like the number six but I, I, Honestly, I thought he was going to follow it, but I'm like, no. Nah. The Thunder swooped in and they snatched him immediately. and I, You can't be mad at that because they, they know what they want in this rebuild. Presty knows what he wants and he's getting the players that he wants.
0: Absolutely. And Sam Presti... They do trust because he drafted three MVPs, right? At the time, I want to ask you, Jared, do you think OKC or any franchise will ever do have that type of luck OKC had? Uh, I don't know. It's you, Because, you, it, it,
2: again, I think somebody showed it to me, the percentages of getting yourself a cornerstone player, and it's at like 20, maybe 50%, and that's your first-round pick. That's your number one overall pick. It's a 50% chance that, you, that he'll become a cornerstone player. So now imagine doing that three years straight. Oh, that's that the percentage there is low.
0: Heaven defying luck.
2: <laughs> so I, I don't know. I don't know if it's gonna ever gonna happen because you could make the argument that the Cavs had a chance of doing it when they had what Kyrie, Anthony Bennett, and then Wiggins, but then you know, trades happened. Bennett ended up not being the player they thought he was, they got LeBron for Wiggins. So it's it's hard to do because now again with the system, how they finally fixed the draft system a little bit, where even if you tank, you're not slotted at the number one seat at the number one draft pick. So
0: Right, so that's absolutely fair. So Kyrie, you know how much I talked about Josh Giddy. Honestly, I thought Memphis and him would have been a perfect fit. John Morant, him, and then you got Stephen Adams,
1: would have been deadly. What's your thoughts on that pick, Kyrie? I mean, they're smart for not letting him drop there because I think that I think that probably would have been the be- the very best landing spot for him. But I'm mm-hmm. not mad at the OKC pick, like Jared Jared uh, referenced to. He's what six eight. just Alexander himself is himself is six seven. So that definitely is an overwhelming lefty backcourt that can like that can show to be effective on the defensive and just as much as the offensive. And what I really like about this pick is that Josh Giddey doesn't project to be like a like a big time high volume scorer, but he's def like he's definitely able to get a whole bunch of guys involved in at like uh, with his passing game and transition and even a half court settings. So I like that because it doesn't really interfere interfere with a lot of the other young talent that they're bringing in that's able to score a little bit better than he is. So. I'm I'm happy with the pick. I, I I was even happier when they went and followed it up with Trey Mann. After that, I think it was like what pick 16? 18. So, 18. 18, 18. 18. And, and Trey Mann's a, he's a dynamic scorer, so that balance out. He's he's beat him at Florida, at Florida last year. Um, he's he's a guy that kind of reminds me of like a Jordan Clarkson. He, so his role would probably be just to come off the bench and get hot from down to down. And he has underrated playmaking ability. So I'm not I'm I'm really ha- I'm really high on uh OKC's draft class. It didn't. Pan out like I thought it would. I thought they would have had a um slightly better hog. but I I think they're satisfied with what they got. I'm I'm pretty good with what they got too. Not to mention they picked up Jeremiah Robinson Earl in the, uh, oh. in the second round.
0: Jared, I want to swing this to you. So I mean, besides Trey Man being a nice pickup for OKC, I think Jeremiah Robinson Earl is being very under. I think he had the potential to be that second round pick. You look at like man, this guy felt that many that many picks. Like the disrespect,
2: the disrespect they the give disrespect. my guy as a Villanova fan, I'm just like, oh, <laughs> they do him dirty, because he's he's such a polished player where he has he's gonna be efficient going in. He needs to work on his three point a little bit, but he has the athleticism to move around a little bit where he can work on his defense. He comes in as a guy that can basically be a stretch four immediately. Mm-hmm. He has he's explosive, he's an athletic wing. I'm like, man, right now what you're looking at him is like a, a, a comparison I have is a Tobias Harris type where he's gonna be efficient. You just got to figure out how to really get him into his, out of his head a little bit and attack a little bit more, and also just figure out where you want to flow him in your offense. But oh, I like the pick for them to be able yeah. to get the trade rights from the Knicks.
1: Absolutely. I, I like the Tobias Harris comparison. It's funny. When I seen him, the first person that came to mind was Carlos Boozer, but I like yours a little bit better. Ah. and you no, know,
0: that was a great comparison. And I want to get to one pick that, that the 55th pick in the second round, Aaron Wiggins from Maryland. He was a junior. What's your thoughts about him? I think he's a nice, serviceable guard that can, you know, come off the bench and obviously give him buckets. He might spend a lot of time in the G League, but what's your thoughts on him before we move on? I, li-
1: I like Aaron Wiggins. Um, i seen him a little bit at Maryland, uh, I think, uh, last year. And he was, a- he was a pretty good scorer for them. He was a good outside scorer. He was really confident and really good at creating his own buckets. So I think, if I'm not mistaken, he's a little bit older than a lot of guys in this class, too. So bringing in older guys that are, that are still rookies, they bring a lot of more- they bring a lot of experience. That could be invaluable to a young team like that. So I'm not, I'm not mad at you. the the four picks that they got. It really it really set like their few fu- set their future in motion a little bit more. This is a competitive team, even though they weren't really good last year. So I think they brought in guys that's going to keep up that competitive nature and spirit. Yeah, so,
2: I, I don't I don't disagree with that. And, and then let's not forget they got basically two more first-round picks with that number 16 <laughs> right. pick to the Rockets. And we can say three because they traded for Derek Favors and got another first again. So Wait,
0: is it? I, oh, I, did, I just saw the notification. Wow.
2: So it's, it's really crazy how they're basically tallying with 32 picks over a seven-year span. So this is an A-plus grade basically for me. I just, a, a if you just want to be a, a pessimistic or a hater for some of these players, but it's, an, it's really in the A range of what they did in this draft.
0: Jared, here you talk about what OKC is doing. I, I just wish Sam Presti was like was our general manager at this point. Like just like OKC, just let him go. Oh, uh, I him.
2: don't know, man. The Sixers, he, he, he'd flip everything for picks. I don't, I want to win. I, I don't really
0: know what the oh, don't talk about the Sixers. What they're throwing out these trade suggestions and what they're demanding back is was we'll get to them in the next episode. But we're we're gonna take another. We're we're gonna go out the Northwestern uh, division and we're gonna slide over to the Pacific Division. Now, the loss, I mean the Phoenix Suns, we're going to start with them. They lost, they actually traded a pick for Landry. Chimot. What's your guys thoughts about uh, Phoenix Suns trading for, for Landry?
2: I like the shooting. You got another shooter. I don't I don't know. I guess you're getting an established role player because that's really what he is in this point in his career, a very a good shooter when he gets hot, he's hot. I don't know if he's going to be uh, if he can fill a reserve guard role if Cameron Payne leaves, hopefully they don't let like Cameron Payne leave because like, he's shown that he's like a good bench player, but yes. and it's serviceable. But Landership at the end of the day is just like a shooter at this point. I don't know if he has the playmaking abilities that can re- replace a bench guard. And then losing Javon Carter is losing defense, but they weren't really playing him anyway.
0: Yeah, they weren't playing him at all. I mean,
1: Kyrie just what's your thoughts on, on the trade with the Phoenix Suns trading away their pick for laundry? Yeah, I definitely, I definitely got to agree. I think it was fair. I think it was even. I think they definitely came up with a Landry Shaman over a guy, like you said, Javon Carter, who's a good defender, but he just he just didn't get a lot of burn this past season behind Chris Paul and um, and eventually Cameron Payne. So I think bringing in a guy like Landry that can play the one and the two, I think it just gives them a little more versatility and a little more experience um at their guard position when it comes to uh, guys off the bench.
0: Okay, before we slide over to the Clippers, what do you guys see the Suns? uh next year. Top five team in the West. No. You think they fall a little bit? They could you know, what's your thoughts on that? You think they could replicate their success or no?
2: If they bring back Chris Paul, I can I to see him back in the top five again.
1: Mm-hmm. That, that's that's all it lands, lands on for me.
2: Yeah, that's really yeah, I can see them back in, if Chris Paul comes back, I think it's top five again because Chris Paul's showing me that he could at the age he's at, he can still put up very good numbers and run an offense and now you're looking at Aiton as an out cornerstone, play, proving he's the first number one overall pick. I like it. I think they can go back. I think I'm not saying they go back to the finals, but I think they're a top five team again. All
0: right, all right. So now we're going to the Clippers, and I actually like their selections, especially their second round pick. I think it's such a huge steal. But we're going to focus on Keon Johnson, the first round selection with the 21st pick from Tennessee. He's a freshman. Just give me your thoughts on him, Jared, and what you think he could bring to the Clippers and moving forward for the organization.
2: I like him. He's athletic. Like, again, we talk about athletic players. He's one of the guys that was as one of the most athletic, too, with a 47-inch vertical. Right. Oh, uh, man, he's, it's, it's raw offensive skill, but it's not like he's going to be very serviceable right now because of the fact that he's playing behind Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Right. So now, But you get to learn from the best. You get to really enhance your game, get to improve, pick pick their minds and get questions. And one, if he really works on his jump shot, he's going to have the defensive prowess and he already has the ability to attack the rim.
0: I mean, I listen, Keon Johnson for the Clippers, I, I really I really do like it. I mean, Kyrie, you was pretty high on them, especially the vertical that just came out from his combine. I mean, just what she thought from the Clippers selecting them.
1: One, I'm upset because this was originally the Knicks picks, and we, we traded <laughs> it to, uh, to them for, I forget, I think for what? Twenty fifth. twenty
2: fifth. Yeah, the of twenty fifth in the it, future second.
1: Yeah. Oh, and I was happy. And I was happy with Keon Johnson. You, we we talked about him earlier, Colin. Like you said, uh, like you said, Jerry, he's super athletic. The offensive is still a work in progress, but he has some. He has some things that like maybe trans translatable. Like his his ability to cut back, his ability to cut, uh, mid range pull up ability, and he has some willingness to pass and, and to handle the ball in half court situations. So I'm not, I'm not super like mad at it because offensively, he, he still can be like something big. But defense is going to be his calling card. But either way, I don't I'm not super crazy about the pick for the Clippers themselves because I don't see him getting a lot of burn. Yeah, we, We've seen uh, the emergence of Terrence, uh, Terrence Mann in this this year's playoff. They're, they're about the same size, I believe. But they also they still have him. They still have Jay Scrub, who they drafted last year. It's just it's just still a, a little bit of a log jam on that wing position. And I don't think he's gonna get a lot of burn. Like like Jared said, he's behind Kawhi and Paul George. There's gonna get like forty minutes a game. Well, Kawhi's not playing this season, which for the most of the season, which I actually forgot about.
0: Oh. So yeah.
1: maybe there may be some now that I think about it, there may be some minutes for him to, to like to crack like to crack the rotation and to get some like some valuable time on the floor. I just don't know if he's gonna make a huge difference right now. Yeah, okay. I don't
2: know. I really don't. I don't know how he slots in. Because free agency is still here. and We don't know what they're going to do with free
1: agency either. Right. We don't know
0: what's going on with free agency. And then the Clippers had a second-round pick in the the 33rd selection, Jason Preston. And a lot of people may not know about him, but he had he skyrocketed during the draft. He had some big-time performances against Virginia. He had a near triple-double. Like, the guy is – he's a lot of people don't know about him. From Ohio, he's a junior. Just what's she thoughts on, on the Clippers selecting him at a, with the 33rd pick in the draft,
1: Kyrie? Uh still I'm I'm still a little bit iffy on it. I've seen some of Jason Preston's games. Yeah, he he had a good he had a really good college basketball season even though like the I feel like the competition he played wasn't like it, it wasn't the best he played at, at Ohio. Mm. So I I still think he need, he needs a lot of work done. His game was a little like unconventional and, and and just a little like unpredictable to me. I'm still not completely sold on him. But I like, I like the size he brings. I like the ball handling ability he brings. I like his ability to get hot from outside, too. So I think that's something the, the Clippers can covet because they definitely need some, some depth at the point guard position. Okay. Jared, Demi, what's your thoughts about Jason Preston?
2: No, it's just the same thing. I like what he brings. I think what you can really value from this is where this might have been one of the best destinations for him ah. is that you are potentially going to have a mentor, Rajon Rondo. Who's one of the best playmakers in the game? And that's what you really need is somebody that's gonna help elevate your game. Ronald's not the best shooter, but that's not what you're there for. You're there to pick his mind on really how he sees the court, how he reads an offense and a defense. And that's what Preston's gonna really need if he wants to be able to get onto the basketball court and stay on the court and get minutes, because you're already coming onto a team where they got star players. They have a Serge Ibaka, they have a Paul George, they have a Kawhi. He's gonna have to find his fit. And being able to really be a good playmaker, we've seen it in college, he can make some good passes. He can read a full of it off, he can run the pick and roll. If he can do that and translate that to the NBA, that's going to be huge for him.
0: Absolutely. I don't disagree with you not one bit. And then we go to the final selection the Clippers made. B.J. Boston Jr. Man, Kyrie. I mean, Jerry, you don't know. I, I Kentucky's my favorite team. I trashed them this season. But a lot of it was not their fault. COVID, the guys didn't have enough time to practice. COVID made things real difficult. B.J. Boston was actually a top three Top five, top three pick coming into the season. And I feel it's, it's just unfair to him. But I think the Clippers got an absolute steal. He's one of my sleepers in this draft. I think he's in the best situation for him. Just what's your thoughts on it, Jay? I
2: don't know. Honestly, I, I feel like he should have stayed in college one more year. Because next season, he could have probably improved and yeah. been one of the top five picks coming out of Kentucky next season. But again, he wanted to go in, wanted to get his money, wanted to go to the draft. But he was, he, this is a guy that I think has a lot of potential. He's going to be behind two of the best two way players, but he's inconsistent. When you talk about what he was doing, it was not just inconsistent. He was inefficient. He was, what, 11.5 points shooting, 35% overall, and 30% from the three. And it is like, this is one of the worst Kentucky seeds we can really say they've had. Yes. And it just was like, oh man, this kid has so much hype around him and just didn't live up to the, the snuff that we wanted to see from him. So, Hopefully, this is probably probably just a stash pick for them. I see him just really getting a lot of G League reps, a a lot of maybe garbage minutes if they call him up. And he's just going to need to really embrace and and learn and sponge up as much as he can.
0: That is
1: true. That is true. Kyrie, is what's your thoughts on BJ Boston? He hit the nail on the head, bro. I've been saying it all season. He needs another year. He needed another year in college. I mean, what Boston we have is, what he get plays on?
2: Yeah,
0: no, he that didn't have plenty time out? with Kentucky with this season. Yeah, Oh, yeah, played. I mean, that's what – so it's like
2: he – yeah. I think I, he would he would emerge as a star for this team. If he had stayed in Kentucky one more year, he'd emerge as a star.
1: Get, and, and the main thing with him is getting his, physical, his physicality and his strength up. Now, like, we talked about it, college, like, you, you've seen it all last season where he, he he's, so he's trying to look to score, he's trying to be aggressive, but he simply just gets knocked off his path. And guys just, like, he, he just can't blow by guys. He just can't out-muscle guys. So when you're going from college into the NBA, that's going to probably be his hardest, That's probably going to be his hardest transitioning, uh, like skill set, being able to blow by guys and being able to finish in, in traffic. Because you look at him, he's about what six, seven, 190 pounds. Right. A lot of guys, a lot of guys that size maybe carried a lot differently. They're, they're a little bit stronger. They're a little bit like, like w- willing to be more physical. But I just don't see it with DJ. And I think the Clippers picking him up, it might have been like pro- possibly the best spot for him. Because, like Jared said, he's not gonna he's not gonna play a lot this season outside of garbage minutes. If he's even on the actual roster, he's right. gonna spend a lot of job, time in the G League. He's right. gonna have to get used to scoring like uh, like above the high school level. You've seen times last year when he was playing college basketball, like it was high school. Like he can just like score over anybody and everybody, and it, it wasn't happening. It, it was just hard for him to adjust. So that's the that's my main thing with him is just his adjustment period into the NBA flow and, and, and physicality of the game.
0: Ooh, that's a very forgettable season. Jerry, actually, <laughs> I forgot. What's your what's your college team, actually, while we're still on the topic? Villanova. Ah, yes. Okay. All right, all right, okay. So now we move on to the Los Angeles Lakers. We're still in L.A., guys. Enjoy it. We. Didn't, uh,
1: I don't think we gave grades for, for the Clippers, did we? Oh, we did not get
0: grades. Thanks for reminding me. What grade did you give the Clippers uh, overall draft selection, Jared? B. B. I gave it a B. B. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go C. C. Okay, you guys. I, I thought you guys were gonna give it a B plus, A minus. Yeah, B. A B is a good grade. You you, you pass with B's okay. like that. you pass with, right, you pass B's? So we're still in L.A., guys. But the Lakers don't have any draft picks, but they got someone major. And a lot of people were conflicted on this, man. A lot of people are conflicted on this. So I want to swing it to Jared. So, Jared, listen. They didn't get any draft picks, but they got someone named Russell Westbrook, the triple-double machine. Tell me.
2: Uh, this is a B-plus awesome. grade. This is a B-plus grade. This B-plus. is a B-plus draft grade. That's what they're going to call it, right? <laughs> this is a B-plus draft grade. Because they traded the number 22 pick, what, Kyle Kuzma, Montesquieu, Catavius Campbell, Pope. For a nine-time All-Star Russell Westbrook and two, what future second-round picks? Mm-hmm. It's hard to criticize getting the addition of a player of Russell Westbrook's caliber, regardless of how he fits. It's hard to criticize getting that type of player. Like what I just, what I, the accolades I just mentioned. It's hard to say, oh wow, well, you 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 got a scrub, but you did. You got to walk with triple double. How this fits with this these In two players, I don't know. But, yeah, you got you got a guy that when we're watching him play, we're either you're betting will he get a triple-double or will he not because that's how easy he makes look tri- getting triple-doubles, which used to be one of the hardest things to do, look easy now. It's true. So I, I, it's a B-plus for me. This is a B-plus grade. And if you consider this a draft trade, this is a B-plus.
0: B-plus, okay. Kyrie, what grade are you giving the Los Angeles Lakers for picking up Russell Westbrook, the triple-double machine?
1: Wow. Yeah. I'm still. I'm still conflicted just because I'm not like I'm I'm just eager to see how they're all gonna fit together one. And if Anthony Davis and LeBron James are even gonna be healthy enough to last a full season with with uh Russell Westbrook, that's what I'm waiting to see. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, when it comes to how the deal was made and who they got rid of and what they and what they sent over for him, this is definitely one of those moves where you pull the trigger now and, and, and ask questions later. Because like Jared mentioned, he is a non-time all-star. Uh he is an MVP. He has been aver- average averaging a triple double. For I don't know how long, like four or five seasons, maybe. So it's definitely one of those things where you make the decision now and worry about the worry about the problems later, just because of the upside he could bring to the team and, and like just the all-around play, like playing ability he could bring to the team too. And it's just a different energy in LA now. So it's a it's it's a lot of pressure on them. I'll probably give it, I'll probably get a move, uh a B B plus. Yeah, be just, just because I, I, I just got to see, I'm just eager to see how it works at this point. I'm, I'm ready for the season to start like tomorrow so we can see. <laughs>
0: tomorrow.
1: <laughs> okay. All right. So
0: overall, you, uh, you know what? I'm so conflicted. I just, like Kyrie said, I just want to see how they play at this point. I'm I'm so conflicted, but like, like you know, you don't give up a guy like Russ, but Jared, I, I don't know, man. I just feel like Russell and I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I feel uneasy about it, Jared.
2: We have to see how they do this free agency. Like, Kamel can come sign up to go play. Oh, There's rumors man. that DeMar DeRozan might be wanting to take a pay cut. Like they, they, they might potentially just build an all-star team at this point. <laughs> for, who, who, for whoever might want to come and sign that minimum deal, come play, get some shooters. They still have Horton Tucker, Alex Caruso. They still can figure out a potential sign and trade with Dennis Schroeder if that's still on the table. There's a lot of potential moves they can make to help enhance this team's shooting ability. And that's where really, I think all that
0: matters now, just getting the right shooters. All right, I like it. We're still in California. We're still in California, guys. We didn't even leave Cali this so I'm telling you, enjoy it. So the Golden State Warriors. Now, a lot of people thought they were going to trade at least one of the picks. Some people had them trading both of the picks and receiving an All Star guard in return. They stood ten toes down. They drafted Jonathan Kaminga with the seventh pick. I thought it was a nice fit because I wanted the magic to get Scotty Barnes, which you know. Yeah, we'll talk about that. But then they picked up Moses Moody, another prospect I was really high on, who I thought another team should have drafted earlier, but we'll get to that too. So, Kyrie, just what's your thoughts on Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody, and how do you think these guys fit into the
1: Golden State Warriors' future plans? Oh, I think Golden State made out with these picks a lot better than than I thought they would. You bring in a, a young, raw guy like Jonathan Kaminga who could do a lot of different things on the floor when it comes to scoring, rebounding, ball handling, and a little bit of passing. You will definitely look to Draymond Green to kind of get him acclimated to the NBA game and to become a little bit more of an efficient all-around type of player. And he's just going to hold him ap- accountable, which any anybody, any young guy coming into the league can only hope to land in an organization like the Warriors with guys like Draymond, Steve Kerr, in their front office. So I'm happy that they picked up Jonathan Kuminga right there because he's going to need a lot of patience and a lot of guidance to, I guess, to get to that untapped potential. Then you you draft a guy like Moses Moody who, who whose NBA skill set is clear cut and, and set to to like to translate right now. Six five, seven foot wingspan. He could shoot the uh he could shoot the lights out. I'm happy they got him here because he can. They they really struggle when it comes to scoring off the bench in creating in creating offense uh with their with their bench guys with Steph Curry and Draymond and and other guys like Andrew Wiggins are out and they can't really uh create offense for themselves. So bringing a guy like Moody who you could plug in and I can see down the line become a better shot creator. He's already a good spot up shooter now. So you can only see the type of plays Steve Curry draw up for him and and get him going. So I'm I'm definitely happy with the picks that they got right here.
0: All right and what grade would you give it before I slide on to Jared? Um I think I'm gonna give it an A, me personally, because those are prospects
1: I, I was really high on. I was see, I wanted them to get a point guard, a backup point guard. Ah, and they didn't necessarily get. Yeah, Kaminga has some point forward abilities, but I, I wanted them to get like a, like a true point guard. So I'm gonna give a I'm gonna give a B plus. B plus. B plus. B plus.
0: Gary, you said you what we talked about Kaminga. I mean, talk to me about the picks. What do you think you like just talk to me? What do you feel about these two picks, especially Kaminga? Cause you ain't sound too high on him.
2: All right, so I'll do Kaminga last. Um I'll give the 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 entire graph grade a B plus. Mm. Moody it was like he fell to them at 14, which I thought was like really crazy because again, you get a knock shoot. down shooter shoot. and elite perimeter defender. Cause I thought they were gonna take either Moody at seven or they were gonna take Buck Knight. Cause again, guy gotta mention they want I thought a backup guard a shooter, per, a scorer, et cetera. what you want. But they took Kaminga, and I'm not mad to Kaminga pick. I think he has a lot of potential. But I also know that when you looked at how he had that up-and-down G League season, it was rough to watch. Mm. This is a kid that he, he has raw talent, athleticism, that he, a lot of people were saying was otherworldly, but then he struggled to shoot the ball in the G League race shot, I believe, 25% on threes and only 62% of his free throws. And yeah. they're saying that he was getting the reputation of being a ball stopper and that's not in a good way where in his own defense, that was in the because he stopped the flow of the offense. In the G League. Uh. he stopped the flow of the offense. And that's, again, you talk about playing with the Warriors, it's just going to be hard to stop the flow of the offense with the Warriors, especially you coming off the bench from the Wiggins or you're playing behind the Draymond. But it's the fact that he struggled to score so efficiently with the Ignite team where I thought he was going to be aggressive going downhill, he wasn't at that. He was hitting less than 40% of his field goal attempts. So I think he's like... In reality, him still in the top 10 is a very good thing because there were so many draft boards where he was in the top five. Then he fallen out of the top 10. Then he's at pick eight or he's at pick 20. Like it it is a rare draft stock for him. But I think he could be a very good two-way player. It's just gonna take time to develop him. And the words is a good fit for him because you got a good coach, Steve Kerr, and you got veteran guys that are gonna want to build you up. We've seen how Draymond has helped. Boost James Wiseman a little bit. We're now he, he got tech for yelling at him, but it, that that helps you out because Wiseman's game kind of started to translate a little bit better after you get yelled at, and you you just get in these kind of veterans that have won championships to help motivate you.
0: Okay, you know what? So so man, I Jonathan Kaminga. What what do you guys see him being in the next five to six years? Just just, just tell me.
2: Five to six years if he what can shoot the ball. Him? If he can shoot the ball, I can see him being a, a serviceable good player to be a good starter in the league if he can shoot the ball.
0: You don't see all star superstar percentage with him.
2: I don't know. I don't know yet. I I can't I can't say I do. If, if he, he's efficient, maybe. Okay, got
1: you, Kyrie. Yeah, that that's very hard to pinpoint right now because I, I like what Jerry referenced to in his G League percentages because that's what stood out to me the most when I started doing a lot more research on him, and from watching a lot of tape on him, he. he he was a ball stopper. He could be a ball hog at times. to get tunnel vision and try to force things. So in four to five years, I could definitely see him, like depending on how the Warriors or whatever they plan on doing with him, you, you never know. Like some guys get gave up on early. So we, we could possibly see him win a new team at that point. You never know. But I could definitely see him polishing his game a little bit more and definitely becoming like a like an 18.6 rebound type of guy. Um, That's probably like the second, third option on a, on a very good team. But all-star, I'm a, I want to see – I need to see a lot more from him. I need to see a, a, a lot more efficiency from him and a lot more consistency. Yeah,
0: no problem. Tough. All right. I agree 110%. We move on to the Sacramento Kings. And before we dive into the Sacramento Kings, they just made a blockbuster three-team deal with the Hawks. So to, to summarize it up, Sacramento gets Tristan Thompson. Boston receives Chris Dunn, Bruno Fernando, and the 23rd second-round pick. And Atlanta receives the line right Now – What's your I want to swing at the uh, Jerry first? What's your thoughts on this trade that the Kings receive Tristan Thompson? What's your thoughts on it? Since we're all focused on the Kings right now.
2: It's weird. It's <laughs> weird. I'm sorry, it's weird. I guess again, like Martin Bagley's there. Rashawn Holmes there. He needs money. Rashawn Holmes needs to get paid a little bit more. Or if not, you know, just gonna keep him. So White's still there.
0: I, I, um, I, I saw an article Rashawn was looking for uptick. 78 to 85 million? He's looking for up in that range. I don't know if the second he's he's
1: he's
2: a good center. I'm not, I don't know, I'm not gonna get into the money part of it, but I know he's a good center.
0: center. We gotta get to the money. Do you would you give him that money? Would
2: I give Rashawn Holmes 80 million?
0: Would you give him that money?
2: Um
1: oh you got think about this.
2: That's what that's what 20 million a year.
1: Yeah, I'm not paying Rashawn Holmes though 20 million a year. I'm sorry.
2: I don't I know because like, what is but... Rashawn Holmes is still young. He's not not young. He's 27. He okay. averaged 14 nice. points a game, nine rebounds a game, like around one and a half blocks. It wasn't like he was bad. He was a serviceable center. I don't know if I'm giving him 80 million. I really don't. Mm. But that's me personally. I don't, I'm not giving a lot of guys 80 million.
0: Okay, okay. He's looking good. for a four-year 80 million contract. So yeah, listen. they,
2: they want to negotiate that down. I think they going. He like, oh no, you have to figure something out because that's a that's a high paying. I that's mean, high-paid contract to be a 14-points-per-game scorer. But he brings I, I, a lot of defense.
0: No, he does. So I feel like they're going to let him walk in the free agency, obviously. I feel like they're going to do that. That's why they picked up Tristan Thompson. Basically, it's like his replacement. So I guess, you know, that's pretty much just tell it there. But the Sacramento Kings drafted Davion Mitchell with the ninth pick in the draft, and it was real conflicting. More a bit of a Davion Mitchell. And someone made a funny... Funny uh, post. They said you put Davion Mitchell at the one, De'Aaron Fox at the two, Tyrese Halliburton at the three. You put Buddy Hill at the four, and Harrison Barnes at the five. He's a little Mm -hmm. joke. I thought it was hilarious. I wish Chris was here. But what's your your thoughts about that lineup, Jared? I think that's a pretty good lineup, you ask me. I think that's awesome.
2: awesome I I just want to be honest. (laughs) Basketball confuses me, is what I've learned. Every year I learn more and more about Kings basketball, and every year I, I get more confused. Where, what direction they're heading into. Are they consistently on a franchise rebuild? Are you, I feel like, for a Fox. playoff spot? What are we, what are we doing? Because I give this great draft grade a C minus, and this isn't against Mitchell as a prospect. It's not, it's really not. It's it's not, a good it's not. But I'm like, you already have a backcourt of De'Aaron Fox and Turris Halliburton. There's the clear backcourt future. I know he's a winner. You bring Mitchell's a winner, he brings best on ball defender in this class. That's hands down best on ball defender. Good shooter, he's a good playmaker at the point. But where are we going with this? Again, you talked about bringing Tristan Thompson when they already have three centers. Are they letting Hassan Whiteside walk? Are they trading Bagley still? Are they trying to move on from Buddy Hill, who's another guard on that team? I, I don't, I don't really get what they did with this pick. I think they just really got the best available person that they saw. And Mitchell at pick nine was the best available. You can, you can make that, assert, you can make that assertion and say, hey, hey, this is the best available. We're going to take him. And you're going to figure out how it works. He's definitely going to come off the bench, but uh, I don't know. I, I'm really, I don't really. I, I think the Kings get a C minus for me for for the entire draft of what they did because they also took that center. And I think he's a good center, but that has four centers. Namita, no, yeah, exactly.
0: He's a stash, but that's yeah. four centers. Like you got right. four centers yeah.
2: potentially in a roster that you would have had twelve spots for. Right. So I, I don't know.
0: And I wanted the Kings to draft Moses Moody at that. I told Kyrie this. I was like, if the Kings don't draft Moses Moody, whatever they do, I don't care who they pick. It's a failure. It's a complete failure to me. (laughs) It could change five years from now. Davion Mitchell, hey, maybe he's James. I don't know. But as of right now, no Moses Moody. I'm unhappy with the Kings. Go ahead, Kyrie.
1: Oh, yo, Colin, you know how I feel about the Kings, bro. <laughs> you know how I feel about. I, I don't about know
2: the how Kings you feel, but from the sound of your voice, it's not good. I
1: wish yo, Chris was here. Kings. Oh my
0: god!
1: And there's no disrespect to Chris or the Kings fan base whatsoever. It is they're just their entire organization as an like, existence. Like they just never do the right thing. Moses Moody never was perfect six never six. put him at never. the three. They. Oh. Okay, they, they they do a good job of drafting De'Aaron Fox and and what was it's it twenty seventeen? Hallie mm-hmm. Yeah, it was cool. You draft Tyrese Halliburton last year, but you draft another point guard in Jemias Ramsey after him that didn't see any playing time, and now you go and draft Davion Mitchell in 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 agreement with with uh, with Jared. I love Davion Mitchell as a prospect. This is nothing against him. It's just a terrible fit. They need <laughs> talent when it comes to their front court. They need talents when it comes to their wings. To Harrison Barnes is not enough? I'm sorry, he's not enough. So for a team that hasn't seen the playoffs since 2006, they make a lot of, you know, all right, we're just we're just gonna draft this guy and try to make it work. No, you gotta pick the very best player that fits your team and fits their direction at that moment. That's been their problem for the past 10, 15 years when it came to drafting. They they like they they draft regardless of position, and it creates log jams, and they, and they can't dig themselves out of the hole and they. And they create bad ties with their players that way because they, they don't win. And these guys are getting fair opportunity all the time. So drafting a guy like Davion Mitchell, it, you've seen one of the – I think it was the Kings uh, GM or something like that. He commented on and said Davion Mitchell won a championship in a three-guard lineup. This is, that's college. That's <laughs> cool. It's college. This is college. NBA. And you guys are the Kings. You're not beating anybody with a three guard lineup, and you guys have no big men for them to like. That's really serviceable in the Tristan pick and Thompson, roll.
0: I guess Tristan Thompson is kind of serviceable. Let's
2: be honest; uh, he's not getting any starting. men.
1: We're talking about serviceable in, in the making of playoffs, Kyle. They haven't seen the playoffs since we are eight.
2: Come on, let's be honest. Tristan Thompson's not getting a start. Let's be honest. Let's Be honest. Like Bagley was a starter, only oh, get twenty five. We thinking Tristan Thompson would go get the other twenty five. No, it's not. Him. And is <laughs> playing power forward. Bagley's no, playing man, power forward.
1: It's- it's- and the in, the, in, the, in the, and to add on to that, Conlon, I had I had them pick Jalen Johnson. It could have been a little high for him, sure. Yeah, yeah. But Look, that's ta- like, that that's talent and athleticism right there that, that passes the eye test every time. And that's somebody you could definitely work with in that organization. He'd have been a perfect for the long uh, alongside Tyree uh, Tyre, Tyler Burton and Fox. And, but, and wait, so Jerry? or wait, Kyrie. got another My fault, my fault. I'll, I'll, I'll just tell you go ahead.
0: Oh, no. All right. Listen. So, Jerry, I'll ask you one because you you mentioned the player. I want to highlight him. So Marvin Bagley, 2018, second pick in the draft. He's dealt with a lot of injuries. But when he's been on the court, he's been serviceable. Okay. Depending on who you ask. Uh, Some people are calling him a bust. Do you think he's a bust? Do you think the Kings need to get rid of him at this point? I think they're going to
2: try and trade him because everything that's going on with his dad, with the tweets, right. the fact that he's not getting minutes. So he's a starter. He started, I think, every game of the season, but only to play 25 minutes. So he's not getting any minutes in the fourth quarter. And he's, right. a, he's, a, he's I think he's a good shooter at least. But the problem for me is, is he's missed 108 games in three seasons.
0: So it's just energy problems, just health problems. It's, and not it's, a, it's,
2: it's 22 years old. He can still do it. I think he, he just needs to find a team that's going to – Believe in him because I don't think the Kings believe in him anymore. And that's the problem. Because mm. I know I've seen him when, he's, when, he's, when he scores his bucket, when he's hot, he can do it. He can shoot. He can stretch the floor. He's a, a, somewhat a, a good defender. He can guard on fours and fives. I think he just needs a, they need to find a team or at least give him more support at the Kings where they be like, hey, hey we're going to give you these minutes. We've seen that you're could be. you healthy now coming through this offseason the training camp. And he just needs one healthy season. Like one healthy season. I think he's going to be at least 18, 19 points per game scored with Darren Fox. As a, a pick and roll partner,
1: okay, Kyrie, you share the same sentiments. Um, no, I'm a little hard on Ma- Marvin Bagley. Ah. He's been putting up, he's been putting up 14 and 7 since he stepped in the league, and he hasn't really grown as a player from what I've seen. Um, but it's just the Kings being the Kings.
0: <laughs> That's really
2: the answer at this point. It, it's, it's
1: the Kings <laughs> being the Kings, bro, and I can't, I can't put it no other way. I can't put it in any type of nicer way. It, it's just, it's just the Kings being the Kings. You,
0: you you know why I just utterly, like, I, I, I'm i so against the Kings? Because it's what they did, Jared, to Tyreek Evans. I always tell people Tyreek Evans should have been so many all-star teams, all NBA, they ruined that man. That's why I'm so against the Kings. Like, I'm scared they're going to do De'Aaron Fox wrong. I'm so scared they're going to do De'Aaron Fox wrong. He's playing like an a, a, a all-star guard now, but it's like, man. I, I, I don't even want to talk about it no more. So, we... It happens. It, it, it happens. It shouldn't happen. No. <laughs> no, no, no. No, it's unacceptable. shouldn't happen. All right, we're going to go to the final division of the Western Conference, the Southwest Division. The Dallas Mavericks did not have any selections. Uh, just, N.A.
2: Great. Just give them an N.A.
0: <laughs> N.A. What's your thoughts on the Dallas Mavericks next season? Where do you see them in the playoff selections? Where do you put them as a top six, top seven team in the West?
2: I think they end up where they were last season. Was that, a six? Uh, yeah, yeah, Are they keeping – Porzingis is my question because they just got to ah. be coaching JC Kidd. I think JC Kidd can help this duo. Mm. I think they can help find a way to get Porzingis more involved in the offense, which he should be, now that I think he's going to be a little bit more healthier. But the real question is, is that duo going to be – do they have enough chemistry? Are they cool with each other enough to want to keep playing with each other? Because I know there's been those – uh rumors that they're they're cool on the court but off the court they don't have any relationship they're not cool with each other. Porzingis is upset about the fact that he didn't really get the ball out this playoffs. So there's so much other things going on outside noise that I'm wondering how this team plays out come off season.
0: That's completely fair. I mean Kyrie, just what's your thoughts on the Dallas Mavericks in this upcoming season? What's your thoughts on them?
1: Yeah the Dallas Mavericks actually have like one of my biggest question marks going into the season simply because the like uh Jared mentioned the, the relationship between uh Luca and Kristaps and then uh, like the departure of Rick Carlisle. He's been the coach there for we can only like, I can't even remember. So it's just bringing them, bringing in a different dynamic with Jason Kidd. I'm just, I'm just eager to see how it's going to work. I feel like he's going to have a great relationship with Luca, both being point guards, both being very, all uh, very good all around players when it comes to rebounding, um, getting guys involved in, in, in scoring to, to an extent for Jason Kidd, at least. Um, I'm just e- eager to see how, he's able to kind of mend that relationship between them and Christoph Porzingis because he he is your second option. He's the, he is the second best player on the team. But I just think, one, it comes, it's a joint effort in him, like, accepting that and them still giving Christoph the opportunity to, to to get the ball and to do what he does on the offensive end best, which is, which is score and, and use his size to, to, to score over, over shorter guys. So it's going to be a lot for them. I'm, I'm expecting them to be super... Um active and free agency. They just they just got to show me that they're able to get like the boat back on track.
0: Okay, that's fair. That's fair. All right. So we go to the next team. That is the Memphis Grizzlies. They got a superstar in John Morant, a young talent, Jaron Jackson, a serviceable shooting guard in Dylan Brooks, who actually has a mean jump shot. He got killer instincts. But their draft selection is, is, is really iffy. A lot of people are iffy on it. Zyre Williams, he was all over the mock drafts. I didn't honestly I, – I thought I believed he was a first round. Where in the first round, I had no idea. So, I mean, Jerry, just what's your thoughts on Zyre Williamson, and how do you think he fits the Memphis Grizzlies scheme moving forward?
2: I think 10 was early. I, yeah. I give this – their draft grade as a team of C – Again, they were able – they moved off of Jonas Valanciunas to get the they – they really were trying to get pick 10, I think, to get Giddy because that's who every – that's what they were already being rumored and reporting and linked to after making that trade for Steve Adams and Eric Bussell to get the number 10 pick because mm. you really t- you're taking on those two big contracts. To really. You're really trying to get the number 10 pick. I think they were trying to get a Giddy and John Morant backcourt. But, I mean, Williams isn't a bad pick. Stanford freshman, he's just – he's a high – he's a high-risk, high-reward. But what comes with high risk, high reward also means that he, he can he can fall, and he's a raw scorer. He needs to bulk up to make an impact defensively, and um, and I think right now it's really hard for me to tell where he's gonna go, like how he's gonna come into the season and play if he's gonna get a lot of playing time. Because I know they still have Kyle Anderson. I know Justice Winslow's coming back. You already mentioned Dylan Brooks. Like they have some guys that are still young as well that are serviceable pieces. It is a team that's trying to make a playoff push. They've been in. Well, two play, playing games at least. They're really trying to make a playoff spot. I don't know if he's going to be the freshman coming in that's going to help them do it.
0: All right, okay. I like your analysis, Jared. I mean, Kyrie just—you see, you was so shocked when they made that selection. And he was over the phone. You was just like, "What?" So, what's your thoughts on <laughs> here, Williams going to the Memphis Grizzlies?
1: Yeah, so after seeing a lot of Zaire Williams throughout the season, I I kind of formed my opinion on him pretty early. I was never really high on him. Mm. I never really seen uh, – the biggest thing on me was I never knew what he excelled at. I can never see what he excelled at. So He has a serviceable jump shot. His handles are – I'll give him credit. His handles are a lot better than I thought they were for somebody being, uh, I think, what, 6'9", 6'8". Yes. But he – one, one. He needs to bulk up a little bit more. I seen when it came to scoring, he had a lot of the same problems as B.J. Boston last year, where he wasn't consistently able to blow by and get good angles on guys that he couldn't finish through contact. Um, he does have a lot to be like excited about, like Jared said. Uh, low, a ri- high risk, high reward. But I just think for for Memphis right here at number ten, he was definitely too high to me. I had him going in the late twenties. Um, I'm I'm not su- I'm not sold on the pick. I'm not sold on one. Also, what Position he plays because a lot of guys have him at guard, a lot of people have him at forward, um, either like a combo forward, whether it's the three or the four. So, I'm, I'm just not super, I'm just not super convinced on him in particular, and I'm not super convinced with him and his fit in, in Memphis.
0: Okay, all right, uh, Jared, um, the Steven Adams, uh, the Memphis Grizzlies acquired him. I, I look at Steven Adams and John Morant and uh, Russell and Steven Adams back at the OKC. Do you agree with that or no?
2: Potentially, it's a good – it's cool. I I mean, honestly, has had a great game for me when I watched that um, uh, playing game. Like, he was, what, 20 for 20 that game? Right. Yeah, was like, crazy. he He's such a good stretch big, and he's also a low post big as well. He he grabs you offensive rebounds, grabs you defensive rebounds, and he can shoot the ball like he can face the floor. Losing him, I think, hurts the Grizzlies a little bit. But then, again, that's Jaron Jackson, too. Jaron Jackson can thrust the floor. But, again, this is Williams that You mentioned – I don't know. If he plays the wing or the guard, if you look at the wing spots for the Grizzlies, it's Dylan Brooks, Grayson Allen, who actually who gets minutes. Desmond Bain gets minutes. Justice Winslow. Then you put in, what, Zaire Williams? DeAndre yeah. Melton, still there. John Capshaw wow. still there. They got, <laughs> yeah. I, I just named, like, six dudes. That, yeah, that are spots. And, yeah, and then it's, it's weird. I don't know what they're really doing for him. That's why I gave this – their whole draft right there was a C for me.
0: Okay, all right. We move on to the San Antonio Spurs, and, like, their draft selection was – okay, so I there were a couple of Kentucky sports analysis, you know, who covered the game, and they all had no idea who Josh Prima was. They were completely confused.
1: Casuals.
0: Like, yeah.
1: (laughs) Casuals. That's what I call them.
0: Casuals. So (laughs) (laughs) – All right, Kyrie he says I, I. I'm gonna swing it to you then, Kyrie. So you tell me about Josh Primo, who he is as a player, and how does he fit with the San Antonio Spurs moving forward?
1: So I, I get it, I get how it's shocking. Um, it definitely was a high pick, a high risk pick for me at number twelve. It definitely shocked me. I know he was getting a lot of traction coming into the uh like the the pre-draft process simply because he showed. I know he was in the in the combine. He showed off his shot and his ability to create for himself and others. So I. And not to mention he's only 18. He was the youngest player in college basketball last year. So I just knew the upside was there at 6'6". With that size, I can see the scoring potential be there also. But it, it still shocked me him going that high. Um, if you look at his numbers from when he was at Alabama as a freshman last season, they're not going to pop out because he's playing with guys like John, uh, John Petty. He was playing with uh, – I can't remember his name at the moment. I'm sorry. He's playing with Herb Jones. And he was playing with Javon Quinterly. Right. So there was it, it was it was a lot of it was a lot going on. Herb Jones there played some point guard too. So it was just a lot going on when it came to guys having the ball like the ball in their hands. So he only put up like 8 points per game, but what really showed me was the fact that he hit 38% of his threes and he was he was very efficient when it came to looking for his own shot. So being that he was only 18, he has some FIBA experience playing for Canada. I like the pick for the Spurs because it gives them another like or it just gives them the all-out score they kind of they kind of need with uh, especially since Demar Derozan is going to be leaving soon. going to be leaving this all season. We we could all assume. I just don't think it was the very best pick. I I, I was dead set on them drafting Alphonso and out at the Turkey, but um, I'm, I'm happy for Primo. I, did, I like I said I didn't expect him to go this high, but I'm happy. I'm happy to see that he he landed in an organization like the Spurs. I just hope that he can make the best out of it. And they, they can they can develop him into what he's supposed to be. Also.
0: And then, Kyrie, wait, Jared, just I'm going to swing it to you. So, <laughs> he's the youngest player in the draft. And so, obviously, the Spurs as an organization, the prospects they've developed from Tony Parker to Manu to Patty Mills to Kawhi Leonard, you know. So, DeJounte Murray had a great – yet a good season. I, I I trust what the Spurs is doing, so that's why I'm not giving this a, a bad grade because the Spurs, like – they know what they're doing when it comes to player development, and they do the extensive research when they look looking these yeah. prospects. But me and Jared, as you talked about this before, like me, like I believe he killed those private workouts because he did well in the combines, the 5 5 the shooting drills. But mm-hmm. private workouts, it has to be the private workouts that shot him up that point. And, Jared, go ahead. Like just tell me what your thoughts on him as a player in the organization moving forward.
2: Let's, let's be fair. This was the biggest reach in the draft. Let's
0: be fair. Big is reaching the draft. I
2: agree. Right. And again, this isn't Greg, – Greg Popovich sees a lot of things that sometimes we don't see. I, I compare this pick right here because I, I know he's going to – he's probably getting drafted as a developmental system to, right. figure, to be a perfect player later on. He he got he has to see a little bit of George Hill in him. Remember, mm-hmm. George Hill was a late pick by Popovich, who he loved. It was a favorite of his. And I think that's what you see in him. Grimoire is a guy that you could develop – really help him become into a, a, basically a franchise player later on. And I think that's what Robovich is looking at because you're not looking at him as a service piece. Now you have your, your guard heavy team right now. Um, I think again, when you look at what they got for him, he's six for five guard knockdown corner jumper and a solid creation skills. And you already mentioned he's young and the Spurs are on a rebuilding team, but they, where does he fit in this rebuild? And that's what you're like, okay, you're going to see them develop. Cause he's raw. He's very raw. I didn't, it wasn't a lot you got to see from him in college because he's only about an eight points per game score, three and a half assists. Like they had guys that were really, the system was running through them before him. I did like their second round pick at number 41 and Joey Wieskamp. They needed shooting. They got the shooting they needed because this is a team that was one of the lowest in three point shooting this season. Same in the prior season. So you, you got a three point shooter you you want, you can use him right away. This is a, a guy that I guess you're saying is like a, basically a Dallas batons pick. So, when you look at this draft and hope for the Spurs, it's about a C. Because the, the reach makes it a C. That's really the how it
0: reach. is. So, okay. So, the last time the, the Spurs had a legitimate superstar was Kawhi Leonard. They obviously, you know, had to part ways with him. So, Josh Primo, I look at his age. I look at who they have on the roster. And then, I, as Jared just said, in a rebuilding mode. It, but potential-wise, yes, he is a reach. But let's say hypothetically speaking, potential-wise, do you see him being – the Spurs is keystone in the future, like a corner corner guy for the team. So,
2: like I said, the comparison was George Hill a little bit when it comes to, like, what you Pavlovich kind of wants in a point guard. Right. The, his ceiling, if you look at the Spurs fan base, their ceiling that he, Greg Popovich probably looking at as a Tony Parker type of guy. A better mm-hmm. shooting Tony Parker because, like, one, the, the league's now into the three-point era where Tony was a good three-point shooter, but he was an excellent mid-range guy. Yes. That's probably what he's looking at, and then that's somebody you're going to pair with DeJounte Murray. How, how, however long... Pop decides to continue coaching, that's a guy you really want to pair next to a DeJounte Murray where you can move DeJounte Murray over to a little bit of a two-guard spot because he's not the most consistent three-point shooter. Gosh. That's what I think he's probably looking at because I know they're talking about trying to move off of Derek White who's about to start commanding a good contract because he's played very good in these past couple of seasons. very
0: well. I like Derek
2: White. Then you have Keldon Johnson coming up. You have he, man, Lonnie the, Walker coming up. Like exactly. They got guys that are going to start really building into their own because Lonnie Walker had a very good season last season too. So I think Primo's just Give him a good two years of fully developing. I think we might start seeing something. If not, well, he'll be twenty, so you still got even more time here. Right, he's young, so young. He's so young,
0: that's the biggest right. thing. He's with him. He's so young. Like you can mold him. I think he's in the best situation because Pop is. Listen, Pop. It's, is I think Pop.
2: it's about selling. How how well can Pop continue selling him? Like he right. has to show development because Pop's not going to be coaching forever. Yeah. So if he's done, if if Pop leaves and and Remo hasn't really shown growth, like the growth that rate that Pop was promoting they right. can potentially move off him so you really gotta you're hoping for full potential growth in the next two two and a half years
1: okay there. right so yeah just just to piggyback off that a little bit i definitely seen him being like a, a, a pretty much like a long-term project but i think the i think the risk is going to be worth it just because his scoring we haven't the spurs never really had like like a big time high volume score from the from the guard position like yeah we could throw demar DeRozan rosen in there but he's not a three-point shooter Right. Which is what they, which is what they've been lacking the past couple of years, and to piggyback on what Jared said, them picking up my personal sleeper to draft uh, Joe Wees camp in that second round, I think that was perfect for them. You see what the Spurs do with uh, shooters and guys that can come off the screen, come off the screens, off of pin downs, guys that can spot up in the corner and then transition it and can hit threes and get hot from downtown. I think that was that was a great pickup for them, um, alongside Primo. So me personally, I'm gonna have to give them a, a I'm gonna have to give them a B minus. A
0: B-minus, and Jared, I, just for to me, I may not have may not heard you. What was the grade? C, I got to see. C, D, C, okay. All right. So now we go on to the New Orleans Pelicans. I uh, just saw some notification that Lonzo Ball will be a restricted free agent. So it seems like they, they might want him to be their future guard. I think he fits with Zion the best. But if they do decide, you know, they don't want to match that contract that he does get in the free agency, which I think would be a big mistake on their part. But who knows? Uh, what's your thoughts on Lonzo Ball for, before we dive into the Pelicans draft pick? I mean, Jared, what's your thoughts on Lonzo Ball? Do you think he... You, do you see the potential he had when coming into that 2017 draft?
2: Yeah, I think, again, it's, as soon as he fixes his jump shot, you see the sky's the limit now for his game. He's got the height, he plays good defense, and now it's just about his consistency and his jumper, and if he has that, oh, man, he's going to be a very good player. Putting him next to a Brandon Ingram and a Zion Williamson, so you have a nice young core, And then they just got Jonas Valanciunas, who helps defeat the purpose of having Steve Adams and Zion on the court together because they were just clogging the paint. Jonas Valanciunas can spread the floor and get rebounds. So there's going to be times where you'll see maybe Zion just leaking out. Jonas grab a rebound, push, throw the ball. There's a lot of things you could do now. He could stretch the floor and shoot. So it gives Zion a lot more paint flexibility and be able to handle his own down there. So I think they made the move to get rid of Eric blood. and Steve Adams for the sole purpose of potentially matching any offer that Lonzo got first. I think it was a smart move to do. I know they still have Kyrie Lewis. I, I know, but he's right now, I think he's still a good backup. So I, I'm not mad at this Pelicans draft, to be honest with you. I'm really not.
0: Got you. Got you. Kyrie, what's your thoughts on Lonzo? And then we'll get on to the prospects. What's your thoughts on Lonzo first and foremost?
1: Uh, He pretty much hit the nail on the head. I have no problem with Lonzo whatsoever. I love his game. It's just the consistency for me and his his. His consistent of being assertive when it comes to looking for his own buckets when they need to. Because we've seen times down the stretch in in in, in close games where Lonzo Ball, he's, he could be non-existent at times. And he could be he could be too like deferring to his teammates. And and I get it, you have a, a Brandon Ingram or, or Zion Williamson on your team. But those guys get gas too. Those guys get the best players at them throwing at them every single night. Right. So there, there there is times I've seen where Lonzo Ball, he I feel like he needs to be a little bit more assertive in his crunch time. And when his team really needs a bucket. Um, so, yeah, that, that's it for Lonzo for me. And I would love to see him stay in New Orleans um, to, uh, to go t- over to their draft picks, though. Favorite? I'm going to start off with the sh- their uh, their second round pick, uh, Herbert Jones, because he's one of my favorite players in college basketball last season. Mm-hmm. Um, he played at Alabama over with Josh Primo, who we were talking about before, um, SEC player of the year, SEC uh, defensive player of the year. I believe he led Alabama in, in rebounds and points as like a as like a power forward. He's about six nine. He's not really not really like a heavyweight, but he has a good like all around game when it comes to passing, um, scoring, the transition, and rebounding and playing defense. I feel like he's a very very good all around player. Then when you look at Trey Murphy, I, I like it. The main thing that stuck out to me with Trey Murphy the first time I saw him was his effortless shooting ability from anywhere on the floor. Being uh, being six nine and be able to just shoot the ball like that—that's something everybody in the NBA covets now. So I I could definitely see them picking him up here, especially like backing up Zion, who's not much of a jump shooter. He'll take a, a three or two maybe a game, if if we if you're lucky. So bringing in a guy like Trey Murphy could change the dynamic as a floor spreader behind Zion. That was very very smart to me, and Herbert Jones being a Swiss Army knife could play. Complete the three and a four. Keep guard the one through the five. For real, for real. I'm I'm happy with the New Orleans Pelicans pick. I'm I'm picks. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say maybe. I'm, I'm gonna go with a B plus. All right, B plus. Now we move on to the
0: final, last but not least, the biggest winners in this draft. The Houston Rockets. I love all their draft selections. Literally A plus plus. None of you guys should say anything less than A plus. If you do, you're you're crazy, crazy. Uh, listen, from Jalen Green to Josh Christopher to like, go ahead, Jerry. Just just talk about how awesome the Rockets have made this uh, made this draft. <laughs>
2: I, again, it's, I'm not gonna say a plus like they. they oh not, no, you're crazy! They, I told you before about it's like that's an a, a plus is, that's that's Sing, huge. Singu really,
0: Singu. I, I like
2: I love that pick a lot. That trade oh. to me was like what really set the tone a little bit. I know it was between Mobley and Jalen Green, and again that's a toss up for me as well. You got Jalen Green who showed that he can get a bucket. Ignatly, he could. I believe he could be a leading scorer in the NBA one day. And then uh, you're, you're also with Mobley where you're like, dude, Moby's going to be very nice as well. His upside is at least his ceiling is Anthony Davis. But does that fit alongside Christian Wood, who's emerging in his own as his own player and playing very well as playing as well as what we thought he was going to be when he was first playing with the Sixers? And I'm like, oh, he showed some potential, but who knows how this is going to turn out? So I really like that some gloom pick because it solidifies their front court of the future alongside Christian Wood. He can kind of, he's going to develop a jump shot, I think, a little bit. I think he's going to, you have, you've seen it in his in his shot. He can def- potentially be a good shooter. 6'10", 18 points a game, eight rebounds, one and a half blocks. So he's the defense you need, where Christian was not that good of a defender. Um, But Jalen Green with what? You put him next to Kevin Porter Jr., who's emerged a little bit as a rising star. I think it's not, it's not a bad. They they made some very good picks. They took, what, Garuba? At pick yes, I,
0: another pick I love. Yeah, right, high sir. energy,
2: defensive minded, and then they selected the Christopher at twenty four, which I thought was a little premature, but he does have combo guard potential and ability. So I, again, it really just goes down to those those first two picks for me, which is when Sengun and Jalen Green. I'm like, dude, those you, you, now your your rebuild is coming together. You're building something here where you're going to see a lot of potential moves where these guys can really show off and just grow as players. And I'm not mad at that.
0: I'm still calling you crazy because you didn't give it
2: it's, an a. It's plus. a B plus. It's a B plus no, for me. B plus. Yeah, I gave it a B plus.
0: Unacceptable. Kyrie,
1: I expect an A plus from you, sir. But before yeah. we agree. I'm I'm not uh A plus may be pushing it a little bit, but I do think Jared's being a little bit of a stickler. I'm I'm gonna have to go with an A. Ah, I mean, okay. They, they definitely they definitely got an A Somebody right? with common sense here. Okay. <laughs> no, nah, I mean I, I can definitely see Jared's points too. These are all still young yeah, guys. When you when you look at Garuba offensively, he still has a lot, a lot of work to do. But I like the fact that he's playing with Spain in the in the Olympics right now. So he's getting a lot of uh he's getting a lot of uh mentorship, he's getting a lot of experience. I like that for him. You already know how I feel about Opera Shangun, bro. You yeah. already know how I feel, I feel about Opera Shango. He should have so been with the
0: Knicks and the Knicks traded off uh, your next man. We'll yeah. talk about them
1: next we'll episode. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that another time. I only want to talk about it right now. <laughs> but like it like you know, they they like they I feel like they addressed a lot of a lot of needs and a lot of weaknesses. So picking Jalen Green, he he's all right. So he's the clear cut cornerstone of your, of your squad. 6'5, six, 6'6, six, six, could jump out the gym, has an all, like all-around scoring arsenal that's only going to get better. My feeling for him is Zach Levine, possibly better if his defense can if, if he can improve his defense. Um, you look at his former high school teammate, Josh Christopher, coming off the bench. He's he's gonna be a, a good spark plug, somebody that can shoot from outside. Needs to clean it up a little bit as far as turnovers and his efficiency. But he still has good, like the good ability to get downhill and he'll attack the rim. Then your your big men, like I said, in Garuba and Shangoon, they just they 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 fit that defensive need when it comes to being able to guard on the block. Um, Garuba, he's able to guard all five positions when it comes to being on the perimeter, being on the uh, being on the block, being in the passing lanes. And Shangoon, yo, as a post presence, as a passer, somebody that could like that can uh run the floor whether with the ball or like alongside Jalen Green and other young guys that can. Get out and run. I think they had one of the best. I think they probably had the best draft of all the teams in um in, in, in this year's class. Okay, I yeah I'm still
0: upset with you for giving it a B, but
2: I mean, it, it is again. St. Louis is like really like you know what Jalen Green is. He has really star potential so with St. I think I saw an article the other day that says ceiling could be potentially Kevin Love because he has a good three point jump shot. his form is very well. If he just adapts and builds on that, which is Wait, this is Jared. a team where you could do
0: that. Are we talking about Kevin Love, Minnesota? Are we talking about Kevin Love with the cast?
2: Either one, shooting wise. So they're talking, I think probably they're mentioning Minnesota, Kevin Love, where he's just rebounding offensive buckets and he can shoot the ball very well. Yikes, right. I think they're really basing off the fact that he already cleans the boards and protects the rep. Is mm-hmm. this that jump shot is what needs to become a serviceable weapon for him, which he just doesn't have he shot with 19% beyond the arc? But it's, in a Steven Silence system, he's going to be shooting. It, he has the he has a jump shot where it's not a, it's not a hitch, not a broken form. It's really just about the reps you're gonna get and how often he's gonna shoot it. I think they're gonna they're gonna potentially say, "Hey, go shoot the ball, go shoot it."
1: He's gonna be shooting. And, and just to piggyback, off, I'm not I'm not gonna keep it for too long, but just to piggyback that piggyback off that one of his like one of the best things that I've seen him like be able to do is take the ball from the three point line, pump fake, and take his man straight to the rack with ease. Mm. So I think. If he, def- if he does add that three-point jumper where guys are going to have to start respecting it, he's going to be scary when it comes to him looking to find his own bucket because he's going to be able to do it from all three levels at that point.
0: Okay. And I, one last question for Jerry. I know, Kyrie, how you feel about this particular question. I want to ask Jerry before we uh, end this episode. Jerry, so how highly do you think of Kevin Porter Jr. as a point guard? And the background of Jalen Green. So give me that. What's your thoughts on KPJ and Jalen Green as the backcourt for the Rockets future? Um, That's I don't
2: think he's a point guard.
0: You don't, oh, you don't think he could be a point guard for the team?
2: I don't know. I, I know they're trying to hype him up as James Harden because I know he finished the season with around 6.3 assists, mm-hmm. 16 points. A point guard's a real stretch. I think he's a, a pure scorer first. Mm. If he can develop that playmaking ability that's huge, then maybe maybe I could be proven wrong. But right now I think he's a serviceable small forward. Shooting guard slash small, you put him next to green, you just play – you get a point guard. You still have John Wall. So you let John Wall run the point, you have either green at two and then him at three. I'm cool with that. But right now I don't know if I could say, oh, he's a point guard. He can go do it where he still has turnover issues. He still has the offense blinders on where you have guys like sometimes a Collins Sexton or Shake Milton that – they only see one thing, and that's the rim. They 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 only the only reason that they'll kick out is because they have to. They're forced to. Because I know he also had around three and a half turnovers this season. So if, yep. he, if, if he if he puts those down, if he can really if you work on your basketball IQ and really can read the floor, he he, he could be a good point guard maybe. Maybe and it's, it's a maybe for me. So it's 50-50 for me on if he becomes a point guard. But I know for a fact that he's a bucket. He can score the ball.
0: Okay. All right. All right. Kyrie, just to reinforce what people may not know, what do you think about KBG as the point guard?
1: To, uh, KB, same, customer, same question. Yeah, KBG. Um, yeah, it, I, I don't want him to be forced into something he's not. That's my that's my perspective of it. Gotcha. Uh, I also think he's he's a pure scorer. He's somebody that whose role for me, if I'm a coach, yo, you're gonna go out there and, and drop me twenty five a game, and it just be a pest to the defense. You know, I don't see him necessarily getting like getting everybody involved i think you i think you need like another head of your point guard for that because i referenced it before uh Jarrett just referenced it the three four turnovers per game is not going he's not going to lower if you do play my point guard this year because he's still playing with a whole bunch of like unexperienced uh, unexperienced guys there's, there's still going to be a whole bunch of young guys on that squad they're still learning they're still learning how to play each other as a co- play with each other as a cohesive unit so, so I think those miscues and those, those mistakes and stuff, those bad passes, they're they're going to be there. It's going to happen, it's inevitable. So I don't I don't I wouldn't necessarily rush him or push him into the point guard position if he's not 100% comfortable with it.
2: All right. You know, he said it. Like, he said, I'm a point guard, but, oh, man.
0: ah uh, yeah, man. I mean, everybody love- they
2: like, Everybody love- says they're a point guard. Like, again, that's what I'm saying. Everybody says it. Like, DeMarcus Cousins said, I'm a point guard. Like Cousins right. said that? What do you say? When he used to be with the Kings and the um, Pelicans, he, <laughs> he used to be a walking, like, he used to average at least six, seven assists with the Kings. And also, when he got the Pelicans, he was getting those triple doubles and assists. He was like, I'm a point guard. Like, that's what you say, because you're doing things that point guards do. Because one, John Wall was hurt, but you didn't have a serve point guard. So you say those things. I don't know how much I believe it, but hey, if you believe it, you could do it. Prove me wrong. Okay,
0: <laughs> All right. And we're going to end it off with that. So that concludes episode 67 of the Restricted Zone podcast. I greatly appreciate you guys for tuning in. Thank you, Jared. I can't wait for you to come back for the Eastern Conference Part 2 of the draft special. I'm so excited for it. Thanks a lot, Kyrie, for coming in thanks a lot for everyone tuning in Jared give out your social give out your podcast social so they can give you a follow we'll leave it inside the uh inside the description below too so you can follow them go ahead Jared
2: you know appreciate you guys for being on can't wait for episode two uh follow me at, at straight to the point podcast that's our podcast page follow my personal at underscore JW Hughes. man it's been a pleasure
0: all right and that concludes this episode thank you very much